Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and relax, and just anything else that's going on, just let it fall by the wayside. Make yourself available to God. Just remember he's always there. You don't have to get his attention. He doesn't go away. He doesn't come. He's always there. Your spirit is one with him. Your spirit is in constant communication with him. Constant communion. Constant receiving life. Your your spirit is life. You already have all the eternal life you're ever going to get in your spirit. Our problem is our soul. That's why we've been focusing so much on being becoming aware of how our soul works. Now, there's parts of how our soul works that are far more complex, some that are like medium, and then some that are fairly simple. We're still in the very simple stages where we're learning about how we have a mind, a will, and emotions, and that they are not reliable because they're part of your soul. And your soul has its own desires, its own motives, that aren't necessarily in alignment with your spirit's motives. Remember, who you truly are is your spirit. And your spirit is one with God. And your spirit knows exactly what your purpose is for every single day, for every single moment, the purpose of the circumstances you're in. Your spirit knows everything. Your spirit knows what you're going to need for tomorrow. Your spirit knows what you're grieving last year, 10 years ago, for, the, for all the mistakes in your life. Your spirit knows all that. Before it even happened, your spirit knew that. Now, does God hold each one of our spirits? You know, if we have separate spirits, we really don't know how this works. And that's part of our, our challenge, isn't it? Was we want to understand We want to use this mind to understand spirit, the spirit of God, the nature of God. And how how does our mind, our solical mind, that has its own desires, its own motivations, that it's separated from our spirit, how do we use our mind to understand spirit? There's, there's going to be a disconnect. It's going to be unreliable. Just as we've talked about our emotions, they're not reliable. The choices that we set before ourselves, they're unreliable. You know, so often, let's just, you know, a silly example is, should I buy that house or that house? We don't even put it on the table, well, maybe there's another offer altogether, or maybe you shouldn't buy a house now. We make up, our soul does, its own choices. 
and our emotions are most often based on fleeting experiences. It can, your emotions can be based on how tired you are. Somebody saying the, pushing one of your buttons, saying the wrong thing, and now you draw different conclusions about somebody you just met. The point being that they're not reliable. Your mind is not reliable. Your emotions are not reliable. Your will, your chooser, is not reliable because they are separated from your spirit. Now they are becoming reliable. And this is where we want to accept that part of our our journey here on this earth is to develop good judgment. A lot of times we get this idea, well, it's bad to judge. It's bad to judge out of your own soul. Judgment is simply recognizing truth. Recognizing the presence of God, how he's working, what he's doing, what's important. That's, a, that's good judgment is developed by God himself. And if he's developing it, we want it. So there's going to be times, just as when Jesus, you know, where, how do you think he came, you know, he just didn't, you know, all of a sudden receive a telegram to speak certain words to certain people. And now we remember them forever. No, they were developed through communion with his father and and, and he embraced his role, his responsibility, for bringing truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He recognized this is part of his purpose, was to bring basically a sword, a dividing line. There is truth. There is reality. We don't each get to make up our own truth our own reality. There's only one. And, you know, especially these days, you say that and you get people either confused or angry. Doesn't matter. The truth is the truth. And the truth with the capital T is God. But beyond him, beyond the presence of God, there is a truth. And so many have not then their minds have been clouded, their conscience seared, where they can't perceive truth. So it's so hard to even talk to people, to some people, because their soul has been so separated from their spirit that they don't, they aren't even interested in a truth that interrupts the way their soul is protecting them. And it's not to get angry at them, but to, if possible, help them see that what they are resisting is their own best interest. It's in your best interest, my best interest, for our soul to be reunited with our spirit. Now, God's doing that. It's on his timetable, and he's... And who he does it with and how he does it with, and that's all under his control. 
But you and I, we are also recognizing that part of our process, even if we were one spirit, spirit, soul, and body, we would still have to learn how our soul works. When Jesus was put here on this earth, given a soul and put in a, a little baby's body to live as a human being who had a soul, who lives in a body here on this earth, he had to learn how his soul worked. God gifted him with a soul and a body. And God gifts you with a soul and a body. It's a gift. And so often we abuse it. We ignore it. We take it for granted. When God wants us to value it and see how it works and protect it and not interfere with what God is doing with it. So as far as what God is doing, that's the most we can do is do our best. Most of the time we don't see what's going on, but when we when we do recognize, okay, this is God's job. This is it's not my job to fix myself. That's God's job or to heal my wounds. Now, we cooperate with him and we've talked many times before about that. But what our job is, what we can do. You know, we can call it a duty that to to protect and hold in high regard the soul that God has given us, the gift of our soul, our mind and will and our emotions. While he's in the process of healing and restoring, restoring our mind, restoring our emotions, restoring our chooser, he's restoring those to union with our spirit. While he's doing that, we are to be over here learning how our soul works. Now they're going, it's like two parallel tracks. They're both going on at the same time. One of the things that, that it, being engaged in learning how our soul works, it will keep us from interfering, trying to help God or hinder from what he's doing with our soul. So we pay attention to how our soul works. Now, your soul is different than mine. Each one of us has a different soul. But they all basically have the same elements. Physically, you have different DNA than anyone else. Even if you're a twin, you have different DNA. But we are all, but there's a lot of similarities between our DNA. But there's enough of a difference to make us each unique. That DNA shows itself in our physical body. Likewise, in your soul, in your mind, your will, how you think, how you feel, how you choose, how you act, what's important to you, what what your hopes are, what your talents are. Those are all unique to you. There's no one like you on this earth. There never has been, there never will be. God saw to that because he gifted you a unique gift, your soul and your body. Now, your body is the last to follow. And if we ever get through the soul, we'll talk a little bit about the body. But it's actually of less importance. 
and which is always interesting to me because the the Christian church spends so much time on behaviors of the body, even though there's a, that that soul body connection. But really, what what the damage that we do with our body is rooted in our soul, in our beliefs, in our soul, in our wounds, how we're filling those God-given unmet needs in our soul. So when we talk about our our soul and our responsibilities and our duties and our and our joy, this is where our contentment and our satisfaction comes in. Where we can see we are doing what we can with our time here on this earth. It's not about helping God. It's not about being in ministry. It's about doing what our hands find to do. And in a a sense, think about what Jesus did. You know, God didn't say all of a sudden, send him a telegram, okay, now I'm going to start a church, you know, go do this, and this is what you're going to do. He didn't know ahead of time the step he was going to take. He knew that his father was preparing him step by step and that he would ha- he would be prepared for every step because he knew his father. He was one with his father. And yet he had, just as we have the soul, he had a soul. Now his soul, again, was always connected to his spirit. So his, so, you know, the big difference is, is his soul never had unmet needs. And that's when we can go, can go back to Adam and Eve. When they were in the garden communing with, with God, their needs were always met directly by God, and they knew that. They were never without lack. They took him for granted because he was always there. He was always ready. Then when they were kicked out, that's the first time they really they experienced need. They were without they were on their own because their spirit had died. Their spirit was no longer connected to their soul. Their spirit was still one with God. Spirit was no longer one with their soul. So they were alone. They were, all their needs were unmet. Now, over time, they learned to meet some of them. And that's what gets passed along from generation to generation, how to get some of your needs met. But the needs in your soul are only fully met through your spirit, through union. And one of the things we want to learn about our soul, in the process of learning how it works, and we're specifically talking about learning how our abilities work. And this is the same type of thing as in your physical body, you learned how to walk. Then you learned how to feed yourself. You learned how to ride a bike. You learned how to read. You learned how to do things that were part of your normal growth in the body you have. You don't criticize yourself that when you were a little baby, you wore diapers. That was perfectly normal and fine for a little baby. But you don't do that now. You take care of yourself. 
we grew out, we go, you grow from stage to stage. And likewise in our soul, part of our challenge is that we're not being challenged to learn how our soul works. We put it off till the sweet by and by as if, okay, as soon as we die, then we'll be perfected. You know, it's, it's really interesting trying to pin down people's beliefs about what's going to happen when you die. Do you think all of a sudden all the challenges that you had with God, you know, why can't you hear him? Do you think that's all of a sudden going to go away? All your wounds, do they all get healed then? Well, why doesn't, if, and then that, and that we also know death is the enemy. Well, if death is the enemy, why are we looking forward to it as the, the, the key that gives us freedom? Because death, that death is only about the body. You're going to have the same soul after you die. Right now, the the purpose God has for us is here on this earth. We don't know what's going to come next. We don't know what came before. But we do know that God will have us ready for it, whatever whatever comes. But we also, when you think about the character of God, he doesn't waste anything. Now, he could snap his fingers And we could all become like Christ. Boom, all of a sudden, your soul is completely complete and reunited with your spirit. And you all of a sudden become like Christ, spirit, soul, and body. And he could do that just with a thought, with the twinkling of an eye. But why doesn't he? Because something else is going on something that we may not and probably don't understand. But he does. This is where we talk about the healing and learning, you know, um, where God reveals the lies we're believing and reveals his truth, relationship with him, all these other aspects of the change of our soul, the restoring, restoration of our soul. So many different things going on in our soul. You know, nobody in this, you know, history, as far as we know, has ever had their soul restored. So to expect it to be done in one lifetime, you know, and yet I think that that's a goal. Is that that for each one of us, our soul is going to be restored because we each one of us need to experience what that is. I think that whatever comes next will be a part of that. That what doesn't get done now, we'll just pick it up in whatever is on the other side of death. Because, again, the death is only about the body. Your soul will keep going and your spirit will keep going. Now, again, that's a, your soul is a, God, a, a God-given gift. He may, you, you might not need it. I don't know what's next. But I do know that what we're here to work on is, is something important to God. 
you know, we, we go back to the, the scripture verse, verse about occupy till I come. We try to figure out, well, what that means. Well, the whole point being is that there's something. It's not if, if all he needed was to have us be born again, say the little prayer, and, you know, then he could just kill us, and then we could be with him, and then everybody would be fine. But that's not what he does. And it's not because it's not for our because he doesn't like us, it's because he loves us. There's something that we benefit from by staying here and going through whatever it is we're going through. So looking at learning our abilities, there's we've talked a lot about not being concerned about trial and error, about making mistakes. But notice that before we started talking about learning about our abilities, we spent a lot of time learning how to wait on God and how to hear his voice. We had to have that basic foundation before we started restoring those solical abilities. And one of the reasons is, is because, you know, the more, the more you spend time with God, the more your character is going to come to light. Your true character is now God's character. And what is God's character? God is love. And he shows his love by giving. So without understanding that we need to check with God and and be aware of his presence and listening for the yeas and the nays and the how are we doing here and, and is this the right thing, and just being being able to hear him and the confidence that we're hearing him. If we didn't go through that process first and we just skipped to the, okay, here's the solical abilities and here's how they work. Well, this is basically what happens with witchcraft and Satanism and demonics and, and psychics, is they have their abilities functioning without an awareness of God. So we're doing it the other way around. We're going to be aware of God and keep that awareness and that relationship and that hearing him. And don't worry don't worry about it that it that you, yeah, he's always silent. Well, that means you're on the right track. Not always, but most of the time. And God will even be faithful to let you know if you're asking, God, I'm, am I missing something? He will let you know. He will often put somebody or something in your way to let you know, know you're, you're, that there's interference or you're, you know, you're uh, misinterpreting something or, or whatever. That's a whole other um, uh, road to, to travel. But as you start using the abilities that you have, one of God's concerns is those abilities. He doesn't want us to interfere 
Just as he doesn't want us to interfere with what he's doing in our soul, he doesn't want us to interfere in what he's doing in other souls. He doesn't want us to heal those that he doesn't want healed. He doesn't want us to give a word of encouragement that he wants to be, he wants them discouraged. And we think, well, God never. Oh, God wants to heal everybody. God wants everybody encouraged and happy and joyful. No, he doesn't. Sometimes that's the only way he's been able to get their attention. And sometimes, you know, he's, he's a caring God, he's a loving God, but sometimes he's taken situations and circumstances that are very difficult for a person to go through and the and some you know say it takes years to get them to that point where they're finally willing to recognize that they need to change their belief system about who God is for instance and accept his unconditional love for them and all of a sudden we intervene and we make their situation better and that's that's a big problem of the church we figure okay God put the church here to minister to the poor we're not going to go into all the different aspects of, of that statement. But say a church has a, you know, a, a, a giving policy where if someone is in, qualifies as a need for, say, someone's old car or refrigerator or, you know, name, fill in the blank, that if they qualify and they have come up with their own qualifications, that they give them, they gift them what they need. And they've come up with, this is how we're going to fulfill God's role for us here on this earth. Now the problem is, and this is a comparable problem with tithing, and you know, we're probably going to be revisiting that fairly soon. It's been a couple of years so uh, since we've done that, and I think that keeps, keeps on coming up, so we may be revisiting that again. But the whole thing is, is we don't ask God first. So what if some, God's been dealing with somebody and their final breaking point was their car broke down and they don't have the money to get it fixed? And instead of turning to God, somebody from the church says, well, we have this plan. We heard you're in problem. Here's some keys to your new car. It's not a brand-new car, but it works, and it should work, give you a couple of years. And he goes, well, praise God, I must be on the right track. And I just need to fight through this harder when God's been trying to drive him to his knees. We don't want to interfere. So the abilities are learning about the abilities, learning about healing and words of wisdom and miracles and whatever it is you're, you're looking to, to develop in your abilities. They are, they, are not an, they are not parallel to your also waiting on him and hearing his voice. You can't, don't do one without the other. Don't try to develop your abilities on your own. Don't think that, okay, now you've done, you know, you've heard him and you're, you're confident that, that 
he's pointed you in a certain direction. He wants you to develop a certain ability. Don't just keep going down that road. Always come back because that's also part of what you're learning. This is part of where the spirit and soul are coming together. Everything turned to him. Whether it's good or bad, even if you think there's no question there, turn to him. Be constantly, always have your ear tuned, your your heart ready. Because you don't want to interfere with what God is doing in your soul. And you don't want to interfere with what God is doing in somebody else's soul. And you do have the power to do that. Because God is going to stir up the abilities you have. And part of our growth is seeing that perhaps we have interfered with what God wants to do. Just as we interfere with what he wants to do in our lives, he's going to give us the opportunity to interfere with what he does in other people's lives. And we're going to have to learn how to deal with that. Not how to live with it, but how to deal with it. Because he wants us to grow up into Christ-likeness. And again, we talked about, I believe Jesus made mistakes. I think that was part of the learning process. That didn't mean he was less than, you know, less perfect, less holy or anything. But he learned. And you and I are going to learn. Now, God uses even our mistakes in other people's lives. He'll fix it. So don't worry about it. But on the other hand, be aware that you need to be constantly listening for what God is doing and go along with with him. Don't just take it upon yourself to heal everybody when you get your ability of healing going or whatever your ability is. It's not, you still have to check with him about what needs to be done. So hopefully that clarifies some things, and hopefully that gives us a little bit more understanding of the, the, the purpose of learning our abilities at this point in time. So we'll pick it up there next time, which will be next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.